Hello, we're studying aspects of Christ's character here on Search for Truth. And if you've been following the last two weeks, you'll remember we've looked at the obedience and the love of Christ. And this time your Bible teacher, Brian, focuses on the meekness of Christ. I've already said previously that any study of Christ's character is a vast undertaking and Brian can only hope to bring out a few significant teachings from Scripture. And nevertheless, there is great value to us, even if we only glimpse a little of the greatest teacher and loveliest person who has ever walked upon this world, which he created. So, here's Brian. Thanks, John. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul begins a defence of his authority as an apostle, showing that he'd a right to regard himself as sent from God. He begins his argument by appealing to certain qualities of Christ. Now, I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. The reason he begins in this way is to show an even-handed approach. He begs them not to give him any occasion to display the boldness and severity he could equally use. In any case, this shows the contrast between a meek gentleness and a bold severity. Meekness would seem to be presented here as an excellent, if not essential, attitude for dealing with conflict, or better still, in avoiding potential conflict within relationships. Christ's meekness and gentleness are indicated in this text as separate virtues. Christ possesses them and we should desire them. Meekness describes an internal attitude or disposition, whereas gentleness refers to actions or external behaviour. They go hand in hand, but in this study we'll focus first on the first mentioned, and that's meekness. But we pause to note that gentleness isn't always found in situations where Bible writers use the word meekness. The reason for the combination in 2 Corinthians 10 may be found in the fact that Paul is here dealing with conflict. And let's not forget these qualities are mentioned here with reference to Christ's own character. They are qualities of Christ. We'll come back to that later, but let's try to understand them in general to begin with. Some who had invaded the congregation at Corinth, claiming to be apostles, had accused Paul of being courageous and bold when writing letters from a distance, but timid and weak when present personally with them. Though Paul may have appeared weak to them, he was in reality meek, not weak. He was definitely up for taking on this destructive evil within the local church. There are two things we can say with confidence about meekness. First, God commands us to behave that way. And second, rewards are promised to people who display meekness. But what exactly is it? How would we try to define it? It isn't easy to define. In fact, in his comments on Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, William Barclay adds that meekness is the most untranslatable of words in the New Testament. Perhaps the best way to understand meekness is to see the words and contexts the Bible associates it with, how the Bible uses it, and perhaps most importantly, how those who have it act in relation to God and men. And that is what we'll try to do in this study. 
In particular, meekness is commanded as the spirit in which we are called upon to perform certain duties as Christians, such as restoring badly behaving Christians, correcting opponents of the truth, receiving the implanted word, and making a defence of the gospel. Taking these duties in turn, let's read some verses. First from Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Doesn't that clearly indicate to us that meekness is the right approach by which to restore badly behaving Christians? Now let's come to 2 Timothy chapter 2. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with meekness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance. We can surely see how this verse commands meekness as the spirit in which we are to oppose the spirit of error. And now the Apostle James, from his first chapter, Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in meekness receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. As it plainly says, with meekness is how we are to receive God's word. Finally, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3, 15, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defence to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with meekness and reverence, and keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behaviour in Christ will be put to shame. Taking these four readings in turn, it's clear that this is the spirit in which discipline must be applied and faults corrected. It's also the virtue or quality for meeting opposition to the truth. And it's the spirit in which we are to learn. And fourthly, it's the attitude in which we are to endure defaming while we are giving a proper Christian witness. The situation we began with in 2 Corinthians more closely resembles the one described as meeting and correcting opposition to the truth. We can't fight spiritual battles with physical or worldly weapons, far less can we fight them with the wrong underlying attitude or disposition. Meekness is strength under control. It shows as we maintain peace during confrontations. A meek person still feels the wrong done against him or her, feels it bitterly, but because he or she is not thinking of themselves, this meekness of them does not allow their spirit to give vent to a hateful, savage and vindictive anger that tries to get even. The world's literature and entertainment often promotes the conquering hero who refuses to submit and who exerts his or her interests against anyone who might challenge them. Most of the world's cultures reserve rewards for people who compete successfully through strength of will and superior power. In contrast, the meek person is ridiculed for being weak and soft and of no real value in society. 
Often the most rewarded salespeople are those with the most aggressive methods. Politicians most often voted into office are usually those most economical with the truth and among the most ruthless of men and women. Today, frequently, the heads of large corporations are those who have robbed others, stolen secrets and cheated people of their retirement funds. In contrast, Jesus portrays the ideal disciple as someone who is meek. The promised reward that such a person will inherit the earth contradicts worldly wisdom. Meekness radically alters our perspective of the trials of life. Thinking about trials, this is very important because meekness is the opposite of self-will toward God and of ill-will toward men. Meekness is seen clearest when we bear with whatever contrary thing we happen to meet with. Described negatively, meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. It's evenness of mind that's neither elated nor cast down, simply because it's not occupied with self at all. Biblically, it's the attitude in which we accept God's will towards us as being good, without disputing it or resisting it. That's the true focus of meekness. Since true meekness is meekness before God, the insults and injuries that may be inflicted on us by the world or others within the church are viewed by a meek person as being permitted and used by God for his or her chastening and purifying. But our final focus should be on Christ, as promised, since after all, it's the meekness of Christ that's our topic. And we've seen it's to be practised when restoring a badly behaving Christian. Jesus demonstrated his meekness in his treatment of many with whom he interacted. In contrast to James and John, Jesus was focused on seeking to save rather than destroy. In a rare, self-referencing comment on his character, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A memorable example of Jesus' display of meekness occurred during his arrest. In the Garden of Gethsemane, one of his disciples, Peter, pulled out a sword and struck Malchus, the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Jesus had massive strength at his disposal, but restrained his use of power because he knew he must die to bring salvation to the weak. Jesus is the same king who entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey as the Old Testament had predicted he would. When they had approached Jerusalem, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there, and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. In this way, the prediction of the prophet Zechariah was fulfilled as the Messiah entered Jerusalem in a display of his meekness. Finally, Peter writes about how Jesus is the supreme example of meekness. He says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. 
and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Although he was defiant toward the religious establishment in defending the helpless and diseased, as well as opposing evil, Jesus was always totally self-effacing in regard to his own interests. From the cross, he prays that his heavenly Father would forgive those who crucify him. How correct he was to refer to himself as being meek. Thanks for your study again today, Brian. And uh, once more, I remind everyone that there's a free book to go with this series of 10 studies of Christ's character. And if you'd like a copy of the book, just ask for The Character of Christ. And you can do this by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon SN4 8DY UK. Search for Truth, PO Box 748 Ringwood, Victoria 3134 Australia. Search for Truth, PO Box 70115 Chilomani Blantyre, Malawi. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So thanks again for your company. It's been great that you could be with us, but why not join me again next week if you're able to, because we'll be taking a look into the quality of gentleness in the character of Christ. So until then, it's goodbye for now and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon and in the meantime, may God richly bless you.